0: We've been going through the book of John, and basically about a chapter a week, and this beautiful book is coming alive in my heart, and I hope it's coming alive in your heart as we've tracked through the text, and we're going to jump in there again this morning because we have a lot of verses and not a lot of time, but... We are just saying out loud, we say this, I think, personally, that, Lord, you will direct our words this morning. Lord, you are going to put us right where we need to be, and if we need to hold up at a certain spot, we're going to hold up at a certain spot, but we're in chapter 8, and we're going to start in verse 12. The the first 11 verses, um, as some Bibles have that note, uh, the earliest manuscripts do not include 753 through 811. So, uh, for that reason,
1: we're we're gonna start in verse 12. Right, and um, if you have a study Bible, it'll probably give you a lot better explanation than we're gonna give you, but really old, the earliest, oldest manuscripts don't have that in there, and it doesn't make it wrong. Um, It just, we're just gonna skip it, because we got enough, trust me, without it. so Jesus, uh, this comes on the heels of him being uh, in the Feast of the Tabernacles. He's in the temple, and um, this, again, he spoke to them. That's the group of the the ruling group, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So he's speaking to them in, in the temple during this festival uh, where there would have been uh, they, had these ma- they have these massive torches in the temple that they light and it would light the entire temple and parts of the city, they're that big, they're massive. And it would have been in that context where Jesus stands up and he says this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. So this is the second of the I am statements in John, which if you read John 8, you're going to think, wait, there's more than, I think officially there are seven, yeah. but in John 8, there are about 12 times he uses the phrase I am. And we're going to look at all of those today. But th- this is significant, this phrase, I am the light of the world. Yeah. So picture this,
0: right? We're at the Feast of the Tabernacles. So all these people have come into Jerusalem. It is a packed city, Jesus has already stood up and cried, literally cried out shouting in verse 37 of chapter seven, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So following that statement, you come to Jesus again, and that's why I think the again is there. Again, Jesus spoke to them. So he stands up again. He's just shouted that he can fill everyone's thirst. He can satisfy everyone's thirst. And now he says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. So here's this huge party that's happening. They, they said through the night, you know, they would keep the lights um, lit up, and and people would 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 party basically and they would shout they would remember they would they would recall what god had done they would read from the psalms they would remember what god did in leading his people out of egypt and into the wilderness Do you remember what happened in the wilderness when god showed up he said here's what i'm gonna do just as soon as they were out of egypt he said i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, allow you to follow me by taking the form of uh, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night And so it's within that context, right? That's on their mind. They're thinking about how God uh, provided for them in the wilderness by leading them in a pillar of light. And Jesus stands up and says, I'm the light of the world. You see, what you can recall about what God did back then, I'm here now. So this is why it's such a massive statement that he makes here.
1: And and the Pharisees um, jump right on him. They say to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. So they're, they're getting back into the weeds of the law, right? You, you're testifying about yourself. And Jesus, knowing the law, because, hey, he wrote it, yeah. um, says, uh, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. He goes on uh, to say, um, I'm not just bearing witness about myself, I have another, it's me and dad. Mm -hmm. The father and I are giving testimony, and your law says you only need two people. So in a brilliant move of logic here, Jesus said, well I'm obeying the law because I have two witnesses, me and the father. And, and they can't argue against right. that. Yeah. In verse
0: 17, he says, in your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. He's referring back to Deuteronomy when it's, it said that uh, you know, um, a witness's um, testimony needed to be uh, um, collaborated by other people. They needed to come along and say, hey, there's, there's more than just one person claiming that this is true. He said there, there had to be multiple uh, people making testimony. Um, but it's interesting to me that he says, in your law... Yeah. So he, he's he's already trying to pick apart the fact that they um it he wrote the law. Listen, <laughs> he was the law giver. Yes. So it's it's not like he's saying it's your law and not mine, but he's saying what you've made it into this this law that you have so you know we've already seen where someone was healed on the sabbath and they got all upset about that so what you've made that into it's now become your law this isn't the law that i gave this isn't the law that's fulfilled in me this is your law and i i, I was thinking of an example and this is probably not that great but I, just picture for a second right that you um have some cash on hand you're you're going to buy something you have $200 let's just say in your pocket wouldn't that be amazing right now you have $200 in your pocket and you're walking down the street and someone comes up takes that money from you but here's the good news there's there's multiple witnesses who who see them take the money from you okay so uh the, the witnesses, is oh that's him and then in fact there's a police officer standing nearby uh, who sees it as well and actually stops and arrests the man who has stolen your money, all right? So at this point, is there any chance that the testimony is not, that, that not the testimony, but that um, the witnesses don't know what happens? Is there any point that, that you don't have an airtight case, right? You, if, you ha- if they had to take this man to court right now, you're like, there's witnesses, there's everyone seeing it, a cop arrested him, okay? But then when the state takes this to court, they, you know, there's a paperwork error, there's a clerical error, there's some kind of, you know, something they do wrong along the way, and uh, because of that, the case is dismissed. Well, essentially, that's what the Pharisees are doing right now, right? They're, 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 we're not worried about the, the case itself. We're not worried about the fact that everyone is seeing this clearly, that this, you know, that... Everyone, there's witnesses. Jesus has already called out witnesses in right. chapter 5. He said, look, uh, uh, John the Baptist said it. Um, God the Father said it. The scriptures bear witness to it. He's already listed his witnesses. But the Pharisees say, forget that. What we're worried about are, you know, have you, um, have you done all the little details to, to make your case? And this is why I think Jesus is really going off in this chapter.
1: Yeah, and um, if you have gentle Jesus meek and mild in your mind right now, you need to dismiss that. He's not in chapter eight. Uh, This is the Lion of Judah in chapter eight. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they ask him a question. You know, sometimes you ask questions, you're like, man, I wish I hadn't have asked that. They're about to wish. Mm-hmm. They could get this back. Verse 19, well, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. So Jesus is making a declaration right there that if you want to know the father, you got to go through me and know me. You can't know the father if you don't know Jesus. hmm when he spoke in the treasury, he also taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he's making statements that you're going to see their reaction in a moment. I he's, think John adds that in there, you know, and he wasn't arrested.
0: He has to like say the reasons he's not arrested yeah. right now is because his hour's not come because he should be They're
1: like the point. At that moment, yeah. they've got enough to arrest him right, right there. Yeah. So he says to them them again. Now remember this came up last week. I'm going away, you're gonna seek me. He adds this phrase this week, and you will die in your sin. Mm -hmm. Where I'm going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself since he says where I'm going, you cannot come? There's a lot of confusion in their mind about what he's talking about here. He's talking about his... um, He's going to the cross. That's going to come up again in this chapter very soon. He's going to the cross and to pay for sin. We can't follow him there. We can't pay the penalty. And they totally misunderstand what's going on there. Uh, and he continues to answer their quest- question, where is your father? Um, you you cannot come you're from below i'm from above you are of this world i'm not of this world i told you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that i am he mm-hmm. you will die in your sins jesus makes there, there's a little i am he what is who is the he what is he saying there yeah
0: yeah so you have to have the background here is this I am statement that we've, we've kind of dealt with here and there through the gospel of John. But Jesus clearly is, it, well, I guess he makes it the most clear when we get to the end of this chapter. Yeah. We'll get there in a second. But he is clearly referencing back to what happens in Exodus chapter 3. If you know the story of Moses, you know, uh, God calls out Moses. You remember the burning bush story where Moses comes up, the, bur- the bush is full of flames, but it's not burning up, and God shows up, he's in that fire, and um, speaking of light of the world, you have the fire there, yeah. but um, you, and Moses uh, gets in this conversation, and God says, I'm sending you, and, Mo, and Moses says, well, if you're going to send me, what's your name? When, they, when you know, my people, when the Israelites ask, who are you, what's your name? And he says, I am who I am. That's his answer. I am who I am. And this name has carried through, you know, all of Israel's history that the God in which they serve and love and know is I am. And so Jesus stands up and he says, unless, right, unless you believe that I am he, you will surely die in your sins. Uh, Listen to Isaiah 43. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know That you may know, and listen to this, and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. I am the Lord, and besides me, there is no Savior. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you, and you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God. And henceforth, I am he. There is none who can deliver from my hand. I work and who can turn it back. So this is a big statement that
1: Jesus is making. And, and they miss it again. Well, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. So Jesus is basically saying the same thing he said from the bush. The, I am who I have always been. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I, I've been telling you since I came on the scene that my story hasn't changed. I am the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Uh, but you, they're missing it. Um, but look at what he says in verse 28. They did not, uh, verse 27, they did not understand he'd been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, that's a reference to his crucifixion, then you will know that I am he. Think about that. The clearest picture of the glory of Jesus Mm -hmm. is his crucifixion. And Jesus is saying, you're going to know that what I'm saying is true and that I've come from the Father and that I've obeyed the Father when you lift me up on a Roman cross to die. John already used that language in chapter three with
0: Nicodemus where he said, surely the Son of Man will be lifted up as a serpent in the wilderness was lifted up, so must the Son of Man. And so it's astounding that he's saying, the moment you'll know that I'm God is the moment when I'm being executed as a criminal mm. on a cross. Isn't that amazing? So Jesus, wait, we got have, a question. I have a question for Uh-oh. you. Uh-oh. In verse 21, it's saying that we can seek after Jesus and still die in our sins How's that fair? Verse 24 seems to contradict that.
1: Wow, you're just going to throw that out. There you go. Man. Well, that's, that's a fair question. Um, can I hear it again? Yeah. So, verse 21 says, So he said to them, I'm
0: going away and you will seek me. So he's saying, You know, they're like going to come after him, but, right. but you're going to die in your sin. Then, verse 24 says something similar, but it sounds a little different. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your
1: sins. So here's, here's what's going on. We've been talking about this yeah. all week, actually. The, chapter 8, this is what Jesus is doing. He's run into the building and said, the building is on fire. And you would think, oh, well, they gotta get out. The problem is, the building is on fire and you're chained to the wall. And you can't get out. Because I am the key. If you wanna get out, you just have to acknowledge I am the key and you can get out. That, that's, that's what's going on here. And what Jesus is saying is, and the Pharisees have refused to acknowledge, first of all, that the building's on fire and that they're chained to the wall and can't get out, mm-hmm. or that Jesus is the key, the only way out of a building that's on fire that they're chained to. That, that's what, I hope that worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what's going on in chapter eight. And, and it doesn't seem fair, but Jesus has said from the beginning, if anyone acknowledges that I've come from the Father and you understand you can't get yourself out of this burning building by keeping your laws or being born in a yes. certain group of people. If anyone will say that, then you can, you can come. But, but, but there is a, there's a way of seeking Jesus that you miss him completely. There's a way of seeking God that you miss him completely. And the Pharisees have done that. In fact, we're about about to get into that. At verse 30, it says, as he was saying these things, many believed in him. Okay, great.
0: This is working. They're listening. They're hearing. It sounds like they're believing. But then it, it changes tones here. In verse 31, it says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, I know that you are the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father and you do what you have heard from your father. So it sounds like they're believing, but then Jesus is saying,
1: no, um, look, you're still not getting this. Yeah. And then he brings the father issue back up. Remember, I told you they were going to regret asking this Mm -hmm. question. I've seen with What I've seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. Now, they have just mentioned Abraham's offspring, right? So, 39, they bring it up again. Well, we are Abraham's, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to him, if you were Abraham's children, you'd be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is, is not what Abraham did. Um, You're doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. Now that is an outright jab at Jesus' birth. Um, Verse 44, right, we we gotta get to this. You are of your father, the devil. Now, he is saying this in the temple to the teachers of the law, the Pharisees. He is saying, Mm -hmm. you have a father, it ain't Abraham. Because if it was Abraham, you'd be doing what Abraham, the works Abraham did. And Paul tells us in Galatians, the work Abraham did was believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And so he says, you are your father, the devil, and your desire, your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth. There's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he's a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you don't believe. So he set up two camps, right? God as your father or the devil as your father? And, and those two camps, they're kind of four distinctions, right? If you're in the devil's, if the devil is your father, you live in darkness, uh, you, your native tongue is lies, uh, you're born in slavery, and death is, that's, that's the world you live in. If God is your father, there is light, mm-hmm. there is truth, you love the truth, there is freedom, and there is life. And you couldn't be further from each other than those two camps. And what's what's sad, I think, and Joel and I have talked about this. We want to read this story, and we want to we want to push ourselves out of this, right? Because we can't imagine that Jesus could be talking about us and the devil being our father, right? But you and I need to feel the weight of this. If you don't know Jesus the way Jesus is telling the Pharisees they need to know him here, then you're in their camp. There's, there's no middle ground here. You're of your father, the devil, or God is your father through Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we, we, can't, we can't dive into this story and let it hit us like the sledgehammer it is mm-hmm. by standing at a distance from it trying to go oh well those guys cuz we are those guys right we are, we were enemies of the cross apart from jesus moving yeah. on our heart and our life yeah i mean imagine your whole life what you've spent this
0: this ideology that you have gained and and practiced and learned and everything you know your identity is wrapped up in where the pharisees are right now and someone comes and says everything and uh, it, it's all wrong everything you've learned everything you're, you're going after it's wrong and and not only is it wrong but it's just completely off base you you think it's taking you towards god and in fact it's taking you the total opposite yeah. direction and i don't i i mean we need to sit back and say could, could that be us? Could we yeah. have bought into things that aren't true, that aren't biblical, that aren't what Jesus is saying, that aren't the truth? Um, because it's only in the truth. And the truth is Jesus. When he says, yeah. you know, the truth will set you free, uh, it's not speaking of, you know, this, uh, like, you know, some Lung academic a bunch of knowledge. rules and laws, yeah. which is what
1: they, they yeah. had that. Yeah. It's. It's, you have to believe
0: in the truth. When Jesus, you know, later says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life," you have to believe in me, and that's when you'll be set free. There's a good question here that somebody texted in that you know they say that they're not enslaved; uh, they've never been never enslaved. Been enslaved yeah. But in fact, the, the very celebration of uh, the Feast of Tabernacles is a celebration of their freedom from slavery, as they you know
1: were provided for in the wilderness. So. What's up with that? What I, what I think they're referencing is the Abrahamic covenant because they just said Abraham's our father. Yeah. And so if, if you go back to the Abrahamic, it's interesting they go there and not the Mosaic covenant. Mm-hmm. That God, uh, in that sense, that God has chosen Abraham and God's going to bless the nations through Abraham. And in that sense, they're never enslaved to anyone because yeah. Abraham wasn't. I, th- that's the only thing I can think yeah. is going on there. This... I, A reference to the Abrahamic covenant, that God made a covenant with Abraham that he's going to bless those people and they'll bless the nations. It's a little bit ironic
0: because uh, one of the major themes that threads its way through the Gospel of John is the spiritual and the physical. Yeah. Okay, so um, Jesus is constantly pointing them to the spiritual. I mean, that is the way and what she's showing them. But they're constantly seeing things in physical ways, right? Just story after story. The woman at the well who sees the physical water when he's speaking of spiritual water. Uh, And so the one time... Here's the one time where they want to take it spiritual. <laughs> yeah. They want to say, "Well, we've never been enslaved." Well, of course they've been enslaved. You know, in a, in a, everybody
1: that's run across them has enslaved them.
0: And essentially, right now, you know, they're held captive by the Romans. It's just like right now, as they speak, they're in some ways slaves to uh, the Romans. And so that's ridiculous. So the one time they want to take it spiritual, yeah, it, it, they still miss the point. And I, I think that's, that's amazing. Good. So
1: that's, and it is interesting they don't go back to the covenant of Moses. Yeah which you would have had to acknowledge you were in slavery there. Right, right. Um, so he he's just dropped this bomb. You, your, your father is the devil. Mm-hmm. Well that's not gonna make these guys happy. They're already looking to kill him, right? We saw that at the beginning of chapter seven. And then you know he's equated himself basically with being God. The reason you do not hear me is that you're not of God. The Jews answered him, oh, so, so, once a guy's owning you in an argument, right, we see this culturally right now. The only thing you can do, let's just insult his character. Yeah. Right? This is, that's what Twitter's for, right? I'm going to uh, almost went on a little rant right there. I'm going to stop. Uh, <laughs> the Jews answered, oh, well, are we not right in saying you are a Samaritan and you have a demon? So now it's just yeah. a character attack. Right you know Samar- that's as bad as it can get you're a demonized samaritan yeah i mean
0: i think this is what <laughs> helps me as i was reading the text it started to help me is you can really like see in our culture today with just the political um, bickering that happens, <clears throat> you know. You have these really strong figures on the conservative Ugh. side, really strong figures on the liberal side, and you, like when you get caught up in one of those rhetorics, I, I, I know we probably have people on both sides in here. It's, so when you get caught up in one of those rhetorics, then all of a sudden it's 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 like when the uh, what the other person is saying it just becomes like a you know, it crawls underneath your skin. And, and um, when they say it, you, you, you do, you re- start to, re- you know, revert to like just attacks on them. I
1: know you are, what am I?
0: <laughs> and it's, I mean, you go, you go like eighth grade boy yeah. at some point. And that, but that's where the, again, the, Jesus is bringing down their entire world. Yeah. That's what we have to remember. And again, he doesn't just do it to them, he does it to us. He brings down our entire world. Yeah. Like he wants to crush everything in us to show
1: us that really he's the only way to freedom. And, and, and he just ups the ante. They insult him and he goes, Well, I do not have a demon. I honor my father. You brought up dad, so we're going to keep going back to dad. Yeah. yeah. I honor my father. You dishonor me. I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Well, now, the Pharisees are going, well, now you're just being silly. Now we know you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he'll never taste death. Are you greater than our father, Abraham? Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So, so they're like they're losing their minds at this point. Well, you you're not even 50. <laughs> and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly. I say to you before, Abraham was, I am who's your daddy? And we chuckle at that. That's, that's what he's saying. Before your dad, Abraham was, I am. Mm-hmm. And what they heard out of that I am was the, was the voice of God that Moses heard from the burning bush. You tell them I am. is coming to set them free. And Jesus is saying to these religious, blinded legalists, I've been around before Abraham. I was around before stars. I am. And they pick up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. So at the end of John 8, this is what you are left with. You are in one of two camps. You have a father. It's either the devil or it is God. And you have a choice. You can throw stones or you can throw yourself at his feet and worship him. That's it. There's no middle ground. And Jesus does not leave middle ground. He says Again, to us, all of us, you are in a burning building, locked to the wall, chained to the wall. I am the key. If you'll just acknowledge that, I'll set you free from everything that's holding you back. So we we're, we're gonna close this morning, and we want to give you an opportunity to respond to that truth. It's impossible to cover everything that's in John 8. It's impossible so we're going to ask the the band to come and we're going to sing as a response to the to the reality that we we have an opportunity to claim God as our father that's what it's one of the reasons John wrote the book so that you believe Jesus is the Messiah and that in believing that you would have life john chapter 1 says he gives Uh, the right to us to become children of God. So today, the invitation is on the table for you to move from being a child of darkness to a child of light. Let me pray for us and then we're gonna sing.